Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days. Is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it? We Do Epoxy can fix that. Stop living with ugly concrete. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's Tony at 859-582-7920. are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's up, Ray? Hello, Trisden. How's it going, man? What's new? Living the dream. Are you? Everyone says that. What does it mean? Sometimes. Like, I think with everybody's life, like, a part of your life is kind of living the dream, and then part of it sucks. Like, isn't that just the nature of humanity? That would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, part of it. Part of it uh, dream, that part be, of has nightmare. become a hip thing to live in the dream. That, now it's a little too much, you know? It's a nice, easy thing to change the conversation and move it forward. I, I think people are trying to be cute and satirical, but, you know, you're a cook at the fucking bowling alley. You're not living the dream. <laughs> well, you're really shitting on your own people with that one. <laughs> You, you couldn't even go McDonald's. You were like, my employees I'd have the worst that. fucking Troy, life. can you edit? <laughs> nice. So pretty exciting today. We've got a fun guest. Somebody that it's funny. I've had him in my mind since we've started the show. I want to get Joe on here. Cool. And I've never reached out in a million years and just it has never occurred. We've done, in fact, two other comedians without me ever asking Joe, who is in town with you us. You bastard. Well, I mean, not that he probably wants to be here, but I appreciate that he would make the trip anyway. And almost came on his birthday yesterday. Oh. Yeah, right, come on man. in, Joe. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. 27? Oh, no. Yeah. 39. 39. Oh, wait. Another year in your 30s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, but this, this, that's a crappy birthday. 39? It 39. is, man. Well, Why? <laughs> I'll be interested in you. I'm, so I'm six, just turned 63, and I've never sweated a birthday with one exception. Maybe this will be your case or not. 40. And I'll tell you why. Because when you hit 40, here's what I've always said. I'm, are you a sports fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So you know why people are done in their late 30s. Mm-hmm. Your body just can't, body do, can't do it. You know? Yeah. You're just like, I went to both my 10 and 20-year high school reunion. 10-year, dudes look the same. Women look the same. 38, man. The women have had a couple of kids. They're getting <laughs> a little paunchy. Dudes are losing their hair. Huge, no, almost no difference between 10 and 28. Huge difference between 10 and 38. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For but sure. you still have all your hair. You're not a pound overweight. Oh, you look no, great. no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a few pounds <laughs> overweight, and I'm bald now. So I, I had dreads until the pandemic, and then... <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to blame. But. So you guys know each other? Yeah. Oh yeah, from yeah, yeah. Berea College. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think oh, we cool. actually overlapped a little bit at Berea. Well, that oh, was my memory. Geez, I, I drank a lot. I don't know. Um, when did you? What year did you graduate? Oh three. Yeah. So you graduated literally the year I came in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Very we, cool. you know, we played sports against each other a little bit in city leagues and intramural alumni stuff and playing noon ball and where'd you go basketball? I, I'm from Georgetown. Oh, Georgetown, nice. Kentucky. Cool. So, cool, yeah, cool. I'm bluegrass, born and red. So, excellent, I'm, uh, Kentucky boy, Kentucky boy through and through. So, yeah, happy to happy to be able to stick around my area. We went to absolutely we lived in St. Louis for a couple years, which is where my wife's family was. Oh, really? Yeah, even she missed Kentucky. So that <laughs> nice. <laughs> that let me know it was time to move back. So, yeah, yeah. So, That's and I, yeah, I, I love it here. I don't. Uh, it's a nice place. It really, yeah. I grew up in New Jersey, but I've been here a okay. long really? time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Can I make a note about that? <laughs> yes, that you, please, right. please. Okay, so Ray was actually from New but Jersey. But I'm, I'm here longer now than I was in Jersey. So yeah. I got two kids who are native Kentuckians. It is beautiful. I think about it every time I'm driving just this 10 miles down the... Most interstate's pretty boring, but that stretch between Richmond and Kentucky, it's pretty. It's a pretty state. Richmond and yeah. Berea. Yeah. Yeah. Richmond, Rich, Berea. Richmond and Berea. Yeah. Richmond and yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Just a pretty state. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I travel yeah. all over the country, and I'm going to tell you, I just... I feel like there's a lot of places that have beauty, and you know Kentucky's one of them. So absolutely, I'm, I'm happy to live yeah, here. Absolutely, yeah. right. So, yeah, so Joe, stand-up comedian. I think I sort of implied that. I didn't oh, yeah. say it specifically, but you've been doing that now. It's been a minute, 10, 15 uh, years. Yeah, something like that. We're about to hit twelve years, I think, in February. Really? Uh, so yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll do the math again. It's probably thirteen. <laughs> uh, you know, I was <laughs> that was not my major. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Amen. yeah basic yeah, yeah. math guy myself. Basic guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I uh, yeah, I've been doing it for over a decade, and it's been it's been a it's been a roller coaster. It's a lot of fun, but you know, it's uh, I finally found my footing probably four or five years ago, and it's been up since then. So it's uh, it's good. Which, which was what. 
Finding my footing. Oh, just understanding who I was, you okay. know, and uh, and what what my perspective. I think a lot of comedians. If you watch comedians, you can kind of tell where they are in their career based on what material they're doing. Interesting. Um, you know, when they're when they're just talking about their crotch and sex and drugs <laughs> the whole time, they're pretty new. Yeah, or absolutely. or that's their bag. Like that's, that's you know. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but if it's not very well written jokes, it's just pretty like raunchy or dirty or yes. like shock value. They're new. Um, and then, you know, the seasoned vets, you can see when they start to, they really figure out this is where I am and this is who I am as a person. And they're comfortable talking about things. Also, if you want to know how to tell how good a comedian is, see how they are when people aren't laughing. So if they're <laughs> not, not necessarily that they don't like them, just, you know, are they comfortable with quiet? Um, yeah. because that's something that took a long time for me to get comfortable I with. I bet. And, you know, I, Tristan will tell you, I'm a fast talker when I really get into stuff and I'm like, blah, 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 you know, and on the stage, I had to learn like, let it breathe. Just wait. Let the you know. Let the audience. Timing is that yeah, timing? It's yeah. partially as timing pacing. Um, pacing. It, it also is a very good professional decision because whereas before I probably would have used forty jokes in a forty-five minute set, now I'm using twenty something, uh, and it's not like the laughs are going down. It's just I'm not sure. rushing to get to the next sure. thing. So um, so yeah, it's a. Uh, it took a while to get to that point. I think as comedians, when you get to there. The comfort and the ability to then now, you know, I've got probably three hours worth of material. Um, and so I can pull from different things and read my audience and I can find something that's going to make whoever laugh. Uh, I bet you remember your very first night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My oh, very, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my very yeah. first night comedy off Broadway, Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had three minutes and I thought three minutes. That's nothing. This is not <laughs> even enough. That's not even close to enough time. And I did my first like four jokes and they all hit pretty well. And then I was like. Oh, Shoot, I still got more time. All right. Uh, I thought I'd be done at this point. And so then I kind of went off the cuff a little bit. That's like, funny. It, it went well, but I, as a comedian, if, if anyone's out there listening, they want to be a comedian or anything entertainment-wise, record yourself as much as possible. And I know most, oh, people, interesting. most people hate watching themselves or listening to their own voice, but it's necessary. And I mean, I, I go back and watch film from Cringe. 10 years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was, I was fucking terrible. Like, I just like, I'm like, what were you doing? That's funny. Um, you know, like, and people were laughing. That's why I'm like, who, what kind of weak funny bones do these people have? And that's, I'm like, the bar was so low. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rough. So Tr Trizen is a huge stand-up fan. I, I think in another life you could have done stand-up. You write some funny bits and. I don't know about that. I, you know what? Anymore, like now, I think I'm so old and unfunny. Like, but I did delusionally nah, when I was dude. younger. You're I no, thought, man, yeah. I, it would have been. Something. You are very enamored of comedy and stand up. I, I'm comedy. certainly a yeah. life lifelong fan. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm a, a big right. you know fan of comedy. So, have, have you done it long enough, Joe? Now that you never get nervous, or does it depend on the size of the gig? And great question. Like, I always get nervous. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think when I yeah. stop getting nervous, I'm going to stop caring. Right. That's, yeah. a, that's a sign to me that I'm like, I'm invested in the show. Yeah. I, I, I agree 100%, Joe. 100%. Yeah. There's, there, there's times, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's times where I'm not wanting to do the show. You know, well. when, you're, when you're at a community college in Iowa <laughs> doing the lunchroom, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> right. But I still, those, those are different nerves, but I still get nervous. And, and I'm the excitement and anticipation has to be there, I think, for me to actually perform. I if, think that's exactly yeah, right. If I'm too comfortable, like, I, don't get me wrong, when I'm on stage, I'm comfortable. But, like, before the show, if I feel, like, so conf confident and comfortable that I don't care, then that is not going to be a good show. I guarantee you. Um, and I've seen comics like that, you yeah. know, where they're, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they're talking and drinking right up until the time <laughs> they walk on stage. And they walk on stage as if they just were walking from one set of friends to another right. and then like there it doesn't work um i Unless think you're ron white yeah, no I, I, I even 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 ron white i guarantee you has some level of nervousness before Yo, he gets on sure. um yeah. and and yeah the difference is he makes it seem as if there's no right. change right. like you right. could talk to him in a room and then talk, see him on stage and it should feel the same right but i guarantee you because of how well he is has done his craft and the fact that he doesn't stick to just the same jokes every time. When there's a new joke, you're either you're excited about it, but you're also like, I don't know if it's gonna work. Sure. We're gonna see. Sure. And there's gotta be that nervousness and that little anticipatory butterfly, I think. So where do the jokes come from? Joe? Life. Okay. Life. You gotta write about what you know. Yeah, yeah it's cool. it's, it's uh and it's observation and experiences, and then I think taking some of those and and making them extreme um or taking them to the sure. you know like there's things i say on stage where i don't necessarily believe that way but i can see how someone would make that leap very quickly um you know i think it's 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 
really about the experience of, of everyday life. And that's why I think when you, you get to a certain level of fame, you're not very good at comedy anymore because you don't experience real life. Like no. it's not relatable. You know, Interesting. You know, you look yeah. at some of the people who are who've been famous for a very, very long time. Their jokes aren't as funny as they were on their first couple of specials sure. because they were relatable then. You, I don't know what it's like to rent out Disneyland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a problem. <laughs> hard life. Right? Yeah, what a hard life, you know. So, And that's most of the arts, right? Like you, Eminem had a famous line about, I guess I can't rap about being broke no more. Right. But right. it's true. Like if so much of your life is coming from the pain of how you were raised or yep. being younger, and then you're like... Well, I live in a mansion with a maid. Nobody wants to hear me rap or probably joke or any type of art about that life anymore. Right. You know, so it's yeah. pretty fascinating. Joe, you got to be in a movie, I remember, back in the day. That's a pretty dope <laughs> that was story. A, a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I, I was living in St. Louis, my wife and I, and uh, I had actually tried. We went there because my wife's family was there, and I thought I was going to be a professional soccer player in the indoor oh, no league, and then it folded literally as I graduated. So uh, that didn't work out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, there was a movie audition for Up in the Air with George Clooney. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, let's do it. And so they had this big cattle call, and I ended up. I was an extra, so it's not, it was paid and, you know, whatever, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I tell people I was in a movie with George Clooney and they're like, really? And I'm like, I was literally just mopping a floor, but all the other extras were jealous of me because I was at the entrance door and I had to be mopping. Oh, you actually see yourself in the movie? Yeah, he's, he's in the movie. Oh, like five, cool. five, six seconds. Oh, yeah, nice, you, nice. I, I, I'm mopping this entrance and it's the entrance George Clooney has to come in and out of as we film the scene over and over again. Oh, that's cool. And it's also exactly where he stands to get his notes. And so I'm talking to George Clooney like oh, no we're shit. old friends. He found out I was from Kentucky, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I got... All, by all accounts, just a good dude. Huh? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The, the nicest. Yeah, like, see. literally, the first thing he said to me was a joke when I told him I was from... I was like, I got family in, in, in Tolesboro, Kentucky, which is right outside of Maysville, right. where he's from. He's sure. like, I'm probably the only bastard in Hollywood who would know where that is. <laughs> 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 and like, and like, from that's that point great. on, we just like... We were, we were Fantastic. Yeah, so that's very cool. It was real cool. Uh, yeah, so that was a great experience. I, I You know, there's... <laughs> I've been wanting to do other movies, but obviously in speaking roles. Uh, but that's that's my one claim. It's a golden. It won a Golden Globe. Yeah, so, no, it's a great know, movie. Yeah, 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 I remember it. I, I don't. I don't remember that scene. I'll look for it. <laughs> when that's he, great. When, when, he, when he finds out the lady has a family and he's leaving and he's mad, he's leaving. Yeah. going into the airport. As he walks in, there's a younger me, skinnier, and <laughs> and I'm mopping the floor right as he walks into that airport. It's great. Man. It's supposed to be in Chicago, but it's all in St. Louis. Yeah, that's so. great. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Clooney, I know. Uh, I guess in the comedy world, you've opened for some amazing acts. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Who like who's your favorite? I guess like who were you starstruck by? I guess touring around. Oh man, um, or, who, or who was a jackass, Joe? Oh, yeah, that, that was no the names. next question. No yeah. names. Uh, I mean, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> the, I'll tell you, and nobody who, listens to this. So yeah, that's no, true. No, it, it, it'll oh, the Tommy world, Mark. It'll get back on. to him. Um, My nephew Scott. We got a few. <laughs> the most starstruck people. I was starstruck by actually. Um, Tracy Morgan oh, was yeah. probably the most starstruck, and I think the experience as a whole, opening for him and working with him, was very interesting because, like, he he had just come off that accident. Oh man, you know, on the Jersey uh, Turnpike. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah, yeah you your neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. from Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> no, Tracy is. <laughs> okay. I've been once. Fair enough. But I mean, you know, he he got hit by that Walmart truck, and then he did. you know he's yeah. uh he 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 still wasn't at a hundred percent physically, like he couldn't go up and down sure. stairs very oh, easily, wow. and. Coming out Broadway, the green room's upstairs. And mm -hmm. so he sat in the lobby. Ah. And I've never felt so much like I was in a museum on display. That's funny. As people like walked by and would like stare in or they would ah. walk past and just look at us. And, ah. you know, Trace is sitting there. He's like, you can come talk to us. You ain't got to walk. But, you know, like he's, but he was like so cool. And I really, one thing I really appreciated was he, he said, hey, listen, you know, everything I sign, you sign. Every picture I'm in, you get in. Oh, cool. We're going to get your brand up. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so it was me, him, and a guy named Sherrod Small, who's also famous oh, in his own right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and very funny. I, I love. I actually still talk to Sherrod. Tracy hasn't returned my calls. Um, <laughs> but but you know it was like a really cool experience. Favorite people to work with. Um, Dale Jones is one of my favorite people. We write together sometimes. We we text each other pretty much monthly. Um, Ali Sadiq is the best storyteller I've ever seen on stage, and I've worked with him. 
I think probably 16 total shows and every single one of those shows has been different which is not normal mm-hmm. um, and uh, I mean the ability to just go off the cuff and tell a story from his real life mm-hmm. and make it entertaining for 20 minutes sometimes is that's insane. a true art isn't it oh insane yeah. um yeah, uh, Chris Porter, one of my favorite people to work with. You know, I was actually with him when my wife went into labor and had to leave. Um, Polly Shore was great to work with. Donnie Baker, RIP, uh, was Donnie, was a yeah. good guy to tour around with. He, he he showed me a lot of the ropes of the business side. Um, did he get you in any trouble with your wife? He did not. He did not. Uh, he knew I was. He knew I was happily married, and uh, you know, and 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 was you know, I think he was very respectful of that he's a, his real name's Ron. I you know, I can say right. Ron. To be honest, one of the best genuine people. Like he would just be honest with you, straightforward. You didn't have to guess anything with him. Um, and you know, I think really always had my best interest in mind when he was trying to work with me. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> you want people I didn't like. Uh, <laughs> if you don't want me to drop names, no, I that's fine. No, no, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I can tell you right now, I, I haven't worked with him on a show, but I've been in the house while he's been there. And Aries Spears is a complete asshat. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. And that is. It's not. It's not. It's not good. Staffs don't like them. Wow. Comics don't like them. And I'm like, how does that work? Like, how do you still get work? And sure. I guess Mad TV can take you a long way. Um, yeah. And then I've I've been cussed out by a local comedian who's somewhat famous at a May. Oh yeah, um, really? Yeah. I got cussed out for being too funny as her. Oh wow, opener. well that's a good reason to get cussed out. Yeah, you got to get. Cussed I guess, out. yeah, that's and it. so yeah. So like you yeah. opened for her and she was pissed that you. Well, you what were too had hot. happened to be honest, and you know. I, I have a lot of respect for her as a comedian, as a person. What's her right name? Uh, Brenda. Uh, Brenda. And she, she actually, little known fact, was in a movie as well uh, called A League of Their Own. What's um, she? Really? Yeah, really? she was the catcher on the team that Dottie's uh, no sister went that to. They, okay. Yeah, so That's she's cool. actually like in there, in there. Um, but she she had me open for her very early in my career uh, in Danville in front of 500 people. And, you know, early in my career, like I said, I wasn't the same person I am Later, and so three years later, she asked if I could ask them if you know they'd have me open again. Oh, cool! So they reached out. I had already been working at Pioneer Playhouse all that summer, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing plays and stuff. So I knew everybody in town. You know, I was comfortable there, and so I'm, I'm like, all right, it's time to bring the heat. And so I go out and do my set, and I mean, after the show. I go up and I'm shaking hands because that's what you do at the Pioneer Playhouse when you're a performer. And I didn't think like, oh, this is comedy. I should do something different. And so she's selling merch. I'm shaking hands. And literally, I come down the stairs and she's yelling at one of the owners and she goes, you know what? I'll tell him. And then so she just starts going nuts on me and she tells me, she goes, uh... (laughs) She said, you're up here like the mayor of Danville kissing babies. And I'm like, I've been here all summer. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I know the, the people. Sure. And she's like, I'm the one who's putting asses in these seats. And I'm like, I, not necessarily. Wow. And so, yeah. And so she. Ego. Yeah. And so I was supposed to open for a comedy on Broadway a few weeks later. And she was like, if you do this tomorrow, because we had another night. She goes, if you do this tomorrow, you will never work with me again. And I'm sitting there like, do I? I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll do what I can. And so I leave and I'm just like. I call my wife on the way home, livid. And so I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to go back to, to, to do it. But I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to honor my contract. And so I went back the next night. And I did a slower set and tried to not do as much. And uh, basically, you know, finished off my set, came off. She did well. She did well the first night, too. So I don't know what the big deal. And afterwards, she was like, I'll see you in a few weeks. Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, okay, great. But then she, I was in radio at the time at Z-Rock 103. So she comes into our morning show. And she starts complaining about me again oh, on the morning show, and I'm like, "Well, for, okay." Oh, I was like, you know, "I'm like, all right. Well, now you're in my now you're yeah, in my house." Right, right, so, right, like, right. She, yeah, she was like, "Mayor Danville over here, he's gonna be opening for me." And she told me off the air, she was like, "Make sure you do knock knock jokes." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what?" And so on the air, I said, "I'll try my best not to be funny, <laughs> and that way your jokes go over." And so I was just like, I was like, I was done with it. So that was crazy. That's funny. I was like, I've never been told. Yeah. And I I get it. You you don't want to get upstaged. I get it. But that's also like, in my opinion, you know, if when LeBron James isn't your best option, you put LeBron on the bench and he comes out second. So if you're not good enough to be the headliner, don't headline. Exactly. Yeah. Be a part of a group or whatever. If you need an open micer to open for you, get get an open Uh, mic to open for you. Right. And and there you go. And she has. And she has. Uh, But, you know, I'm just like, my goodness. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Bizarre. Yeah. Any, any more? Any more shitheads? Well, oh, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. Uh, I have. I've actually been very blessed in my career. So I've I've worked with a lot of very good people. Ian Bag's been amazing. Um, when I've worked with him, you know, John Reap is one of my favorite people in the oh, world to work with as well. Yeah. He's a funny guy. We have some really funny road stories. Yeah, I think. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't think of any people who've really been bad to me. Um, there's some comics who I've worked with who I've heard horror stories about, but then when I get with them, they're fine. Um, and so, yeah. I, so uh, how did you actually get involved in stand-up? Well, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian when I was a little kid. Okay. Um, when I, you know, I, I would go to my papa's house. He lived out in they, him, my mom and papa lived in a trailer in Scott County, and they had no cable. And you had like three oh. options of movies you could watch. One of them was Where the Red Fern Grows. Oh, one no. of them was Old Yeller, oh, and one Jesus of them was Christ. the Red Skelton Comedy Hour. Oh, there and you so go. it's like I can either watch Dogs Die or I can <laughs> watch, watch Red Skelton. Watch Red Skelton. So I watched Red Skelton, <laughs> yeah. and then when they moved to the town in Georgetown, they actually got cable, and we would watch Nick at Night in TV Land. And you know they have Flip Wilson sure. and Carol. Burnett sure. and all these people and I'm like I love it. this is amazing and then every once in a while I get to catch a roast and Don Rickles is one of my favorite comedians ah, in the world great. He was because great. he can lead your mind down a dark path or a dirty path without it actually saying the words right. and that's like a master skill that's right um, so you know I, I got really into comedy my, the first album my, my mom let me buy at a truck stop was Jeff Foxworthy you might be a redneck <laughs> because it was clean and she would listen to it too nice. um, and from that I would start I started writing my own you might be a redneck jokes and oh, telling cool. them to family members and stuff and then yeah and then I got I kind of forgot about it. I got to college. I would MC shows, but I wasn't doing stand-up comedy. I didn't even know how you go about that. And I was running the campus activities board at Berea, and one of my students told me at the at the national showcase, like, Joe, you're funnier than some of these people. I don't understand why you're not doing this. And so I was. I made them a bet, and I lost that bet, and I ended up doing an open mic at Comedy Off-Broadway, and that was the... That was the start, kind of. That's fantastic. You know, so yeah, so that first laugh must be just. It it's a drug. Send, yeah, drug. It's yeah. a drug. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. My dad was a crackhead. I'm sure he remembers his first hit. <laughs> um, you know, like I, as a comedian, like I remember the the way you feel when you get off that stage, Gotta especially be. after a, like a dynamite show. Now, now me. I'm pissed because I know I messed up a word or I didn't do this, but I'm also like on cloud nine at the same time. Sure. But that feeling is, uh, it's indescribable. I'm assuming that's what it's like to be really gone off some drugs. Right. I don't know. Um, right. You know, yeah, but no, that's, yeah. I would say that's right. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I can't imagine what else you would be chasing down those alleys and stuff. Right. So like, right. that's, yeah, right. that's that the feeling though, when you get off a stage and you've just lit it on fire is, is absolutely amazing. So did your dad really have substance abuse issues? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a Marine and then he was a crackhead. So he what? got simper high. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, um, I, I didn't, I didn't know for sure what he had done until I was like an adult and like started puzzling my childhood together. Like, Oh, that's what that thing was. He was holding on the toilet when I was trying to get into the bathroom. Oh, that's, oh funny. that's why he had an ice cream truck with no ice cream. Like, Oh, like I'm like, Oh, okay. But he wasn't part of your life. Oh yeah. Uh, sort of. Um, sure. I mean, on and off. He's, I, I do a joke in my show where I say my dad was like the McRib. He would just show up at random times. Um, <laughs> so like, that. I mean, but he's, uh, I, I just, his, you know, his life got but the, the better. The McRib is very good. The old yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good guy now. He, uh, he just had, he had some struggles and sure, we all do. Um, you know, I think, as a kid, though, yeah, he wasn't around a lot, and he went to prison when I was in, like, seventh grade, oh, yeah. and I didn't really see him very much from that point until I was almost out of college. And oh, wow. Almost married myself, and then uh, then he came he came out, and yeah, he's, he's he turned his life around. He worked security. He's a pastor. Oh, that's uh, cool. His, mo- that's his awesome. wife's a pastor. Um, you that's know, a lot of so, pastors in one house. Oh, my, my sister's a pastor. They're all in the oh, same wow. city, yeah. too, so it's, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's, I mean, he's, he's turned his life around, um, so yeah, but that was... So, and I, he's not the only one. My family, in general, you know, when you live in poverty, um, there's only a certain amount of things that you you know you have access to and are able to do. So. Tristan might be able to sympathize. I don't. I grew up really rich. No, no yeah, we, it's, okay. a, it's an ongoing <laughs> joke on, yeah, the, like, on the show. Okay, he, yeah, he makes yeah. fun of me for being poor. I make fun of him for being New Jersey. So yeah. that's just kind of the <laughs> dynamic of the show. Yeah, yeah. No, we and and most of us at Berea College, you could sort of go and walk the halls and just swap oh, you like do. who's you poor do. stories. Oh, like, oh man, yeah. yeah. Yeah, whose dad is worse? We used to have right. like, yeah, yeah. It's Fatherless Friday here in Danforth. <laughs> whose dad is the worst? <laughs> so true, man. It's unbelievably true. Well, I've never even met my father. Well, I met my dad and then three other kids who I didn't even know he had. <laughs> no meat for the Catholics on Friday. No, no fathers for the Berea College. That's too. right, buddy. Oh, no, I mean, funny, you know, trauma bonding is real. <laughs> it's very trauma true. bonding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, Did no you doubt. know Kelly Johnson by chance? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking to him on the phone literally this morning, but we met at Berea College. So who's Kelly? You can tell us. Just a Berea College oh, guy, okay. friend of mine, actually lives in uh, Mount Sterling. So when we go to Romero's, we'll gotcha, swing by gotcha. and see Kelly. But uh, like when we met him, 
uh, third floor Kentucky Hall. We were cracking on each other's mamas for 20 minutes before he told me that his mom was dead. Oh. Yeah. And like he was in foster care and then his foster parents <laughs> died. And so like him and I like would always have the most fun. I'm telling you, man. And, <laughs> but, but, we, but we never stopped. Like I would just still continue all through college oh, yeah. to still make fun of her. And it was, you know, and he loved it. He got the biggest kick. Yeah, because that's because I think that's part of what, that's, yeah, that's trauma bonding. But also <laughs> that's part of what it means to be friends. Right. Like when you get to a friendship, you should be able to talk about things. That's right. No one else exactly. is able to necessarily sure. talk about, you know, oh, sure. I think that's, that's right. It's 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 yeah oh yeah looking back you're like I can't believe I said something that's oh, so probably completely. but you're like it was fun though it was yeah. real fun hell yeah, yeah and absolutely. you've still got friends like that I've oh still, still. oh I, yeah I've got you may remember Chris Barton which mm-hmm. I, I referenced on the show last week who's a buddy of mine who is uh, half Asian I guess half Japanese and like he I'm half uh, Jewish. And we just kill each other to this day, kill each other. And I've had people say, like, how do you, like, how could you possibly talk to another human being like that? And like, nothing makes me happier than mm-hmm. him just destroying me and vice versa. So, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, I literally get such a kick out of it. But again, yeah, it's not like if you were on the street and you heard somebody say any of that to him, and hopefully vice versa to me, like, you would just be a brawl. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> and, and then that's, you know, too, I think. Twitter and, and uh, you know, I, I hate to use the term woke culture and all that, but it it does feel like, it's too, different. It's in, different. in a way that you could be friends and say things like now, like everything's off the table sure. as far as like you, you better make sure there's no microphones around at least. Like yeah. you better be doing that. In and I'm private. sure Joe can speak to that. Well, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. You can still be friends and say those things in the right setting. Right. The problem is now every setting has become public. Right. Right. Um, right. And I, 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 I great think, point. yeah, I think that there's some things that you should not be able to hide, like true racism. You sure. actually yes. hate, you actually hate black people, Jewish people, Latin people, whatever. Like if you actually hate people, I love blacks and Latin yeah, Jew- like, Jewish people. Eh, you know, yeah, well, you yeah. got to draw a line somewhere. Uh, he's <laughs> actually here because a judge sent him oh, yeah, to work is, with a half Jewish work guy. release. This is work yeah. release. Yeah, so he's but working. They're easing it. him in. So they're, they're going. They're going half now. And then, Indeed. Yeah, the full Jewish uh, <laughs> down the down. But I mean, you you have to. I think that's a great point. That's the problem. Everything's public now, man. Everything. Yeah, you don't get you don't get the 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 benefit of privacy. And I'm going to be honest. Like one one of the biggest complaints I hear from the celebrities uh, that I get to interact with at certain times is literally that they don't have privacy. They really don't. And so like my wife's always like, are you, do you want to be Dave Chappelle famous or like Kevin Hart? Famous? I'm like, no, because they can't do anything. <laughs> no, right. you know, like, like Dave Chappelle couldn't walk through Walmart in no. Maria and not get mauled by people and people asking no, him questions and taking pictures or all of a sudden he gets out of his car at, at McDonald's to go in and there's some trans person who heard a joke who's going to throw yeah, something. You know, right, like, right. You, you can't, you don't get any of that. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'll be a lower level of sure. fame. Like, where our bills are paid and I'm happy, but my daughter doesn't have to look out of her window before she leaves the house to make sure no one's out there trying to take pictures. Like, that's right. That's, no doubt. It's crazy how obsessed we are with celebrities and, oh, and everything. Thing else, but like, in, yeah, in, even non celebrities are now celebrities. That's the other thing with Twitter and TikTok and all that. Very true. You know, uh-huh. like people who have absolutely zero talent, <laughs> nothing to offer to the like world. they have nothing to offer. They just happen to have a cell phone and access, right? And like <laughs> they can blow up because people continue to like follow them or like whatever, listen to what it's, yeah, it's relatable because it's basic. Like, yeah, every, everyone's basic, right? Sure, <laughs> yeah. So it's like it doesn't take any talent. The Kardashians rose to fame <laughs> off of the backs of their dad, who, yes. Got to kill her off for murder, and then right. they're. And yeah, I mean, like literally, I'm not sure who got more black yeah, guys off, the dad or the daughters. But like, <laughs> but that's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bo- ooh, you call it body count. That's it. The body count podcast. We compare the Kardashian sisters to <laughs> to Rob Kardashian Senior and see which one got more black guys off. But uh, you do think OJ did it? He, he wrote a book called If I Did It, and then wrote exactly what happened. That's what he wasn't. Hey, he wasn't a bad actor though. Those no, gloves, I, man. remember those gloves? I, he was oh, pulling on those oh, oh, gloves. Johnny Cochran is an amazing Johnny, lawyer. First oh, of yeah, all, Johnny's a great. Second of all, boss. second of all, there was enough reasonable doubt, I guess, for that jury to feel okay <laughs> about letting him off. But just because you got proved not guilty does not mean you are innocent. You are innocent yeah, by it, any means. That's why. They, that's why they say not guilty. They don't say right. he's innocent. <laughs> uh, and you can't write a fault. This he's an idiot. Is it's what it is. Oh, he was home free. 
And then he started doing stupid stuff. Like, yeah, he wrote a book and then he robbed some people in Vegas. Like, I'm like, bro, you 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 can't only go away or so many times. We got to give you 50 years now for stealing some football cards. Yes, because we didn't give you the first time. Because we know you did that. And he lost the civil suit. Yeah, no one talks about that. No one talks about the fact that he was found guilty for the murder in a civil suit. Right. Yeah, but it's just. It's a whole, it's a whole issue, but uh, yeah, I think OJ did it. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a, a little glimmance, uh, gl- glimmance, glimpse into America, though, and just the black and white reaction. And man, it was really something. But what's crazy is I think, I think there, were, there was, there were. Don't get me wrong, there were black people like, no, he didn't do it, and if he did. We ain't gonna say it, but like, <laughs> but like, then there was a lot of there was a lot of black people who was like, he he got he he killed that. Like, he clearly, <laughs> like, I don't know about y'all, but I've never jumped into the back of a Bronco and ran for my life. <laughs> right, like, that he, was kind of a tell. That yeah. was so iconic that Ford renamed the Bronco the Escape. <laughs> like that is that's crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah like, oh, that's oh, funny. Chase, right? What are you? What are you? running from we, we got to distance ourselves from uh, the bronco let's call uh, yes. it yeah. the, the, OJ the, OJ escape. the oj escape they just now re-released broncos iconic iconic yeah, it absolutely like, it's was crazy that's i mean yeah he did that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i remember chris rock saying uh now let me see if i got this straight oj uh, uh ron goldman was living with oj's woman eating oj's food driving oj's car now I ain't saying he's guilty, but I understand. Right, exactly. <laughs> or maybe I'm not saying he's yeah, not guilty, yeah, but, not but I understand. Either, but. <laughs> now that's a funny dude, huh? Rock. Yeah, oh, Chris Rock. Yeah, he hilarious. He's got a. He's his. I actually enjoy his brother Tony Rock. Oh yeah, 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 Tony Rock. I think he is one of the funniest guys out there. Yeah, he's he's very much under the radar. I think, but uh, yeah, which to your point before, he may like it that way. His brother can't go anywhere. Uh, I'm sure. And you know, when that whole Will Smith thing happened, Tony couldn't go anywhere because everybody wants to. And Jordan, the other brother who also does comedy, like they they, everybody wanted to hear, oh, what's your take on your brother getting slapped? He's like, I'm not going to talk about that. That's that's, I didn't get slapped. That's right. right. Yeah, you noticed Will didn't come over to my house. That was a fucked up moment. Oh man. Yeah. Speaking of tabloid stuff and Will. Smith. Oh my you guys God. saw that news this week. I, no, what was that? You didn't see this? No, what was it? Joe? What, have they been separated? Is that what you're talking about? No. What that, happened now? Uh, Will Smith's old assistant slash bodyguard, mm-hmm. like, plus best friend, I guess, for like mm-hmm. 30 years, did a podcast this week that said that he's gay. Oh, that Will's gay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's been out for a while. Yeah. Dwayne, yeah. But he caught him with actor Dwayne Martin yeah, in a yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I had not. This was on That's been TV. out there for a while. That's, yeah, they, they've been talking about that for a long time. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. And they all, they're well, also, like Dwight Howard. Yeah. Those rumors oh, were always my, out there. Oh, for Dwayne. Now, yeah, yeah. now, he had a funny line. We were talking about, you know, a six foot 11, 300 pound guy. And Tristan goes, all you can hope at that point is he's got a small dick. <laughs> I mean, realistically. Yeah, because yeah, he, he raped that right. guy. He, right. Yeah, he forced the guy into a threesome. There I'm were like, always rumors yeah, about I'm like, Dwight Howard. Because I... yeah. you didn't know that, right? There were always rumors yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah, I, I had missed that. That's a big dude, man. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. You, you, you that big? You're going to you gonna have to fight me. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. Well, you go. You gonna have this threesome? You gonna kick my ass? What's gonna happen? I'll, I'll, I'll get knocked out before I get knocked up. From you, this is not. You're not doing that. <laughs> you can't be that big. If you, if, if there ain't no way, ain't no like even, even if it's just proportional, just barely proportional. Yeah, even, even in the ballpark. Man, like even if it's like just barely proportional, bro. Heck no. My doctor checked me for a hemorrhoid one time. His pinky went in half a nail. Not even the whole pinky. Just a half a. Nail. I said, nope, get off me. <laughs> you gotta fight a doc with small hands. No, that I'm, it, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. You could put a Q-tip in. I'd have been like, no. Well, I had a I had a suppository when I was a oh, child. Man. I swear you think you've been raped. Oh like, my goodness. I, I'm sorry I started this. Yeah. That's one no, of my you biggest started fears. It with yeah. Talk yeah, childhood no, trauma, man. That first suppository funny, you get man. as a kid, <laughs> like I'm throwing like I, you never throw up again, like your whole childhood. Hey, guys, like, I like hide in the bathroom. You like you I I'm going to be honest, I never had one. And you're a big Will Smith fan, ironically enough. I never had one. I think my mom was worried. My dad was already in jail. She was like, mm, I can't do this to you two. <laughs> oh, hell. Well, this took a turn. So anyway. Indeed. So how did you? Oh, we already got your start. Uh, yeah. So how much traveling you do? A lot. Um, currently, I mean, like, usually I'm, I'm working... I don't know, probably 30 weekends or 30, 30 dates at least a, a, oh, nice. a year. Okay. Um, so about half my year is taken up with that, you know. Um, and then 
various other projects. You know, we're we're working on you a know, few things not, behind the scenes. It, it, back to Kentucky, not a bad location, man. If oh, you it's perfect. Drive a, yeah, drive perfect. eight hour circle or whatever. Fuck, that's a lot of cities. Oh yeah, oh, eight hours. Yeah, of places, within a six hour, six hour right. circle, you you can hit you can right. hit Birmingham, Atlanta, sure. Charlotte, St. Uh, Louis, St. Cincinnati, Louis, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Louisville. Cleveland, right. Columbus, Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah, like it's you, you hit everything. Yeah. Detroit. You can go to Canada in six and a half. You know, like notice he didn't let, list one West Virginia city. No, <laughs> I mean that's all incorporated. If I got to go to Pittsburgh and you know all that, all that Morgantown and more, more, Morgantown, Huntington. No, it is know, crazy. Charleston, all those. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 hit, I, I hit West Virginia for some daytime shows. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting state. Uh, no, I like West Virginia. It's crazy I though. I, I have a joke that I wrote that I've never done on stage oh, yet about, yeah? about how West Virginia was they 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 left Virginia because they were against slavery. But there's a part of me that fully believes that they only didn't want slavery so that black people didn't be, get brought into their state. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like driving around. I'm like, I, I, this is way more racist than Virginia does. <laughs> that's funny. That's a great joke. Oh, that's funny, Joe. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's a new one. So that's, uh, you got that right here. Now, that would, that's Exclusive. a new one. But that would be an interesting joke to tell in West Virginia because there would probably be some people that laugh, kind of like your point about black oh, yeah. folks going, I, I know he was guilty but uh you know oh they know yeah they that, know. They, i'm sure yeah. they would laugh at that that's well, a I, funny I, joke I, I did a show in west virginia one time for this firehouse and emt service that they they hired me through my booking agent and it was outside of wheeling like yeah up up the mountain right middle of everything's nowhere. up the mountain and, that and i was like where am I? and i mean like we get there and we i parked the car and this is before my daughter's born so it's just me and my wife my wife's like um and my wife's white, so I'm like, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm worried about. I'm like, I mean, they're getting out in like every stereotypical a- Appalachian thought you have: long beard, the paper bags. The- I was like, this is, I don't know what's going on. And I remember my first joke when I got up there is like, anybody else feel like they're at an auction? <laughs> <laughs> and the room lost it. Oh, great. And I was like, all right. Cool. Cool. Yeah, was, yeah, but I, it's... it's it, it. <laughs> That'll break the tension. That'll well, that's one of the, the things tension. I think yeah. I've, I've learned uh, in my time is literally everyone, for the most part, wants kind of the same things out of life. They want to be happy. That's they want right. to have a good time. That's right. And like... That's right. I think there's a lot of assumptions made based on how people look or what they... Sure. You know, where they live or whatever. And I've, I've noticed wherever I go... The people who hate me are going to hate me no matter whether I'm in, I could be in Chicago or I could be in the middle of nowhere, Eastern Kentucky. Exactly right. The people who are going to hate me are going to hate me. And the people who are having, who are there to have a good time and they're not worried about any of that other stuff, they just want to get home safe and have a great night are going to have a good time. That's exactly so, right. And that's, that's, it took me a while to get to that point. Sure. I, it's, it's, sure. it's a little nerve wracking as, you know, a person of color, dark after dark. When you when you when you're in Corbin, yeah, <laughs> I, I was told Corbin is still on like a like a non not travel list for, for black, black people. people. Yeah, there's a lot of the, the, seriously. The, yeah, yeah like there's, there's we have a, a we have a list of these things called sundown towns. Yes, and, I know you that. know, and uh, Cor- yeah, Corbin is definitely on there. But you know, I did a show no in shit. I did a show at, at in Corbin at the little convention center or whatever there, and I think that was one of my first things. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm in Corbin and it's after dark, <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we got security in here, but yeah, I mean it was. <laughs> and they laughed. Oh, they laughed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And I think because they know, they know what the perception it is. Was, uh, it was. It it is the historical home of Kentucky's Ku Klux Klan. Chapter. Is it yeah. really? Yeah, it is yeah. that. Yeah, but I didn't know Corbin was a sundown town. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, there's a legend. I don't know how true it is. I haven't done the historical research, but there's a legend about Corbin taking black people and putting them on a train and shipping them out. Is that right? Yeah, and I mean, there's some. I know there's at least some level of truth to that sure um and so that whole Man. region is kind of you know but you know they also have football at union college so you know, they do like have football they, at union they, college they, they, they're, they're, they've been acclimatized a bit so <laughs> no doubt <laughs> all right so so then why don't we jump into race joe are things better today overall yes uh i would say so that's the I mean, simple that's my answer but they're still what yeah, do white people yeah, still miss well, it's not. It's not just white people. I think. Okay. You know, I think people think that racism is all on one group, um, and that's not true. It's, by definition, racism has to have some power. Some element. power, right? And so the people who have the power right. are generally Caucasian, especially males, in, um, in, in the United States. In right. the United States, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think also, I think um, here's where we've gotten better. We've gotten better because there's more representation. Right. Um, there's more like in Congress, in government, in the media in you know whatever absolutely um i think there's also a lot more 
crossover than there used to be. So, you know, a white kid who's growing up in Bath County, Kentucky, used to not have any acknowledgement of black. Culture. Sure. Now it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You right. can't you can't if you have no if you have nothing in your life impacted by black culture, you live in Iceland. <laughs> that's 100 percent. Right. You know that's what I'm right. saying? Like, indeed. Um, yes. and so I think that that allows obviously some at least. But isn't ground. there some irony, Joe, that that's lost on so many people like uh, my son's 28 lover of hip hop and rap. And yeah, I, I will just be very graphic here and, and, and put it into these terms. When I was a white guy who grew up in a lily white suburbs of Jersey and <laughs> the large derriere was not exactly it was just a fat oh, ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a fat ass. Well now the young kids love it. That is influence yeah, it is, yeah. of hip hop and black That's culture. True, I mean it yeah. changed. And so you, so I try and make Ray aware of how influenced he is. And he's not a dope and he gets it, but there's some irony to how, yeah. oh, just yeah, how yeah. influential black culture has been on these white kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't, and they and they don't of, know. And a lot of times they don't yeah, know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I and think maybe that, that yeah. wasn't the best example, but that no, was yeah, kind yeah. Of a but I think I definitely going on the greatest hits reel. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was good. But I think that's, uh, I think that is partially that's somewhat the responsibility of the parents to somewhat point that out. But also, I think that's one of the areas where it's gotten worse is the appropriation of certain things without acknowledgement i'm yes. okay i'm okay with yes. with white people rapping i'm okay with big butts being a thing fashion being what it is you know triz in here loves shoes he does the original sneakerheads were black things. kids in the middle of the uh, right. drug dealers you that's, know like that's right and that's but you know like that's right there has to be some level of acknowledgement i don't care if if tristan wears jordans and you know rocks hip-hop fashion does all those kind of things as long as he understands kind of where what the background and the history I would agree of what he's with doing. That completely. And so that's yeah. the common sense answer because I yeah. often wonder and I struggle with cultural appropriation with everything. Mm-hmm. And, and not just, you know, from black culture, but every like, you know, certainly the black folks will steal from white culture and yeah. you know, oh, yeah, yeah, Mexican yeah. culture. Black oh, folks we all steal generally, don't they? Oh wow. no, 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 no. This guy. No, no. This guy, this guy. But, uh, <laughs> but, but we all. I thought he was going. Like, there. We're, 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 we're <laughs> awful. So like we're. I just a, heard those words and I was like, oh Tristan, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ray. So we're a melting pot country, right? Right. So we're going to we take. So so is that the common sense answer? Because of course you hear on Twitter, you know how awful cultural appropriation is, and white people should never, I don't know, wear braids, for example, or do whatever. Which. Yeah, I, but if you acknowledge, like, look, I know this isn't mine. This is taken from a friend. Or, like, to me, it would be an honor if somebody said, oh, I like the way you dress. I'm going to dress like you. And maybe I'm missing part of that. I, I, I think it's, A, situational, but also it's the way it gets packaged. So, for instance, when I was growing up, there was this great R&B group called All For One. Oh, yeah. Uh, you remember All For One. Of course. Right. But then there was this country artist, and I think it was John, John Michael, Michael Montgomery, Montgomery from right here in Kentucky. <laughs> and he would do the same songs that All For One did in country, and they would blow up. And my grandpa's, I'm like, wait a second. That's All For One. That's funny. And John Michael Montgomery, at least to my knowledge, never, never at one point was like, this is something that All For One did. You know what I'm saying? Like, Not like the guy who just did Tracy Chapman's Fast Car song, and sure. it blew up. He Tracy Chapman got a CMA for that. You right. know what I'm saying? Like she got acknowledged. Luke yeah. Combs. Yeah, Luke Combs. Yeah. So like that's the difference. And so like when you when you there was a, uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. When, well, when you see like braids, for instance, sure. if there's a kid who grows up in the inner city, white kid, right. Well, yeah, you know, there's, that happens. There's, there's always white kids. That. There's right, always right, white right, kids right. who grow up in the sure. inner city, right? There's white white people everywhere. So there's a white kid who grows up in in the inner city. Let's say he's in the West End of Louisville. He lives in Algonquin Park, hangs out with black people all the time. His vernacular is probably going to be more like the people sure. he's surrounded by, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah, maybe he doesn't say the N word, but you know, like right. the swagger and the way he talks Absolutely. and the way. And then you know, when all his friends are getting their hair braided for prom, they're probably like, "Hey, Tanner, come get your hair braided." And right. then why would that be wrong? But if, the, yeah. the 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 appropriation of language. I mean, Carlin yeah. Carlin. Used to do a bit on that about how uh, uh, fluid and how um, just uh, interesting black language was, mm-hmm. and how white people would—I mean, all of the terms, right. all the way back to cool and certainly rock and roll—came yeah. um, out of black culture. And I think, to Joe's point, it doesn't always get acknowledged. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's which is um, completely understandable, right? Like, I would to be me, pissed but, if I were a black person. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's shitty. Yeah. Well, and and then too, I mean, you take hip hop, and you you know, you've got hundreds of hip hop rappers in New York that are, you know, extremely talented. And then the Beastie Boys get rich, right? And, yes. you, and so then you yes. have all these black rock and yes. roll artists who are, right. you know, creating the genre and then Elvis gets rich. So like I get that too. So yes, of course there has to be an understanding. There was where a, you watched from. Sopranos, didn't you? Oh yeah, big uh, did, did you watch oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was the one where the the old Jewish guy um uh, is a 
producer. He's a you know mm-hmm. he's, he's an old music producer, and the Jay Z character, who's now a powerful African American, right. uh, gets with him, and they find these old black guys that never got a nickel, and they right. sit down with him, and he's trying to the Jay Z character is trying to represent on behalf of these black guys, and he's really having none of it. It's like ah, oh, they, they you know they got some money, yeah, some money. Yeah. They wrote all of it. You got all the money, right. you know, right. you, you right. know. It was, <laughs> Yeah, but no, there's yeah, there's just so much. I mean, so here's how it goes for me. Terrible jokes notwithstanding, like Tristan just forced me to do. Um, so I grew up in a 100% white town. Now, my brother, who's a faithful listener, will remind me. Oh, it's only 93%. There's a few Hispanic folks. But I always, here was my question, though, Joe. Yeah. So yeah. I grew up 40 miles from arguably the most diverse place on earth, New York City, mm-hmm. in a 100% white town. Did that, mm-hmm. ac- did that happen by accident or, oh, by, no, no, or no, by, design? by design? By design. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So all I can do is and Trizen has said this to me at least you're aware do I judge on skin color 100% because of the way that I was raised but all I can do is try to be respectful to everybody I meet mm-hmm. and then if that goes awry because of them or me well that's a different that's an interpersonal oh, oh, yeah, personal. but to yeah. judge on the way somebody looks to, you, you've got to be aware of it I think to fight it yeah and I think uh, to kind of go back to the original question of did it has it gotten better i think in some ways it's gotten better because people are aware and people try to make sure that they understand i say in my show you know i think every show has to have some type of message and right now the the hour that i'm running for the most part is about like you know acceptance and acknowledgement and all that kind of stuff but also like you know i I don't care what your walk in life is as a human being i i treat you with love and respect until you give me a reason not to. exactly that's personal right that's if you personally are a terrible person that doesn't mean that all white people are terrible that means you personally are terrible um and every culture has terrible people and race specifically is terrible (laughs) no but but i think to go to that last point where you talk about understanding like this is something because of how you were raised and where you were raised that you are saddled with um i think that's important because in my opinion all racism is ignorant. Yes. But all ignorance isn't racism. And I right. think that's where we've gotten worse. Anything, somebody makes one mistake when you talk about the woke culture and cancel culture. Absolutely. And yes. And you make one mistake. That's right. Yeah, people. That's get, the people, fault of the left, not right. the fault of conservatives. Exactly. And I, that's the I fault of the yeah, left. I don't think it's a left or right. I think it's more of a generational thing. Well, the okay. person on the left well, who was born in the nineties will probably be like, "Oh, I mean, that's not that terrible like, yeah. compared to what I, we used to say when I was growing True. up." True. Hey, this is what you know. This is what we do now, and True. we can help educate. Meanwhile, if you were born in the, if your if your birth year doesn't start with a nineteen, I don't trust your life. <laughs> if we're being honest, because you haven't had any life, right? Like yeah. you, you can't even rent a car yet. Exactly. Um, Very so, true. But like that, those are the ones who are kind of pushing. A lot of stuff. And so it's when they tell you, well, you can't say that you're canceled. And then they just ignore you. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to go find other people who also have been canceled. Right. And now the more ignorance will abound. Absolutely. Just, just by yeah. just by osmosis. Right. Um, it's Boy, a lot. But what an irony, man. You just Isn't said a crazy? mouthful. Yeah. There. yeah. How, how can you tell people you're not allowed to discriminate or say anything discriminatory? So because you did, we are going to discriminate against you <laughs> and shun you. That doesn't make any sense. We went to Berea College. Our slogan is God is made of one blood, all peoples of the earth. And I always tell my, you know, my team, great coach, when I, when I coach my team, I tell them, hey, look, that means all people. That doesn't mean the people you agree with. That doesn't mean all liberal people. Sure. That means all people. That's right. So if people who say racist stuff, also God made them. Right. Right. People who make mistakes. God made them That's too. Right. people who live a lifestyle you might not agree with. God made them. Right. It doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat, Trump voter, Joe Biden supporter. I don't care. Like if you are a human being, you're allowed to make mistakes and we've got to we've got to be willing to give some grace. There's people right now that I interact with who are, you know, are trans are gender fluid sure, and gender fluid specifically. There's a kid who I've met uh, who is gender fluid, who literally each day will present as a different gender uh. and has a specific name and pronouns associated with whatever gender they, they present as. But I'm going to be honest. Sometimes when you dress like a girl, you look not like a girl. You know, like you, you, your outfit isn't necessarily gender specific. Right. Now, how am I supposed to, who, who do I say? Right. 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 And that kid will get frustrated and be like, ah, well, today I'm, and I'm like, I don't know. Can mm. you have a name tag? Or so I'm like, <laughs> how am I supposed to know that? You got to give me some grace. Absolutely. I want to respect you. I want right. to do everything. Help me help you. Yeah, as I want to do everything yeah. that you want me to do. I'll call you by whatever you want to be called by. I will use whatever pronouns you need me to. And I will respect your wishes as a human being. However, when I make a mistake, you got to say, 
joke. That's not what we're doing. This is what's going Absolutely. on today. And joke. give me some grace. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be you yelling at me and cussing me out. That's right. You know, like, like how can you how can you expect people to adjust but give them no room to adjust? Right. Yeah. Make right. right. No, that, that, that's the, we, the, the that, best point, that's too. The best especially, point. With, with, you know, just as things change culturally. Because plus, you know, I, we had our uh, friend who happens to be gay, Brandon, <laughs> on early on. And we mm-hmm. talked about pronouns and things. And sort of, I'm paraphrasing, but it was kind of like, look, if you're not trying to be an asshole and call somebody the opposite right. of what they are just to be a dick, right, right. more often than not, you're probably going to be okay. Right. But, but there are also, some people. If you're changing every day and you're going to be mean to somebody doing their right. best, that's on you. Right. And it's not even the ones who, uh, that, that's a specific example. I mean, there sure. are people who like, they won't extend grace. If you, if they go by they, them, and you say she, they're yes. like, they. Right. It's like, oh, okay, my right. bad. And then, you know. A, a week later, you might make the same thing. They go, I've told you they. Well, okay, but it's been a week. I've done my best. Right. Like, you've got to help me out. Like, and, they're, yeah. and they're not helping themselves. No. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, and it's a change. Themselves. It's an adjustment for a lot of us. And I mean, imagine imagine going to a four-way stop, Ray, and you pull to the middle of the four-way stop, and you're blocking traffic, but you're telling everybody to keep coming. Right. Like, that don't make any sense. Right. You're blocking my... I'm trying to help, but right. now, now, to be honest, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's every time you yell at me, trust me, I don't want to help you no more. Right. Well, it's... That's what you know, Yes. I have employees every week, right? You... You may be guilty of this too. Uh, that will tell me, "Hey, I'm taking two days off in two months," and then in two months, I send them an email because I don't make a schedule. Right. And, and and again, it's like I don't want to bother you on your day off. It's just I've I done four million right. things since remember. you sent that email two months ago. So like, we're all just doing the best we can. Right. Think, or most of us, I feel. I like always tell them, write it down, write it down, write it down. I think that's why it's important to get out and have relationships. So I think you know one of the other things I one of the the gripes I have with this younger generation is a lot of them are telling everybody about being accepting and what language are you allowed to use and all. But then if you look at them, their group of friends is exactly like them. Yeah. They all look the same. You know, like. You grew up in a lily white town, you know, but like, I'm sure as you went through life, you made friends of different cultures and everything else. Right. I see, you know, a group of the same kids, same outfit, same shoes, all on the same phone, not even talking to each other, not making any kind of relationships. I'm like, how are you you telling me (laughs) how to respect other people? That's exactly right. You you haven't interacted with anybody. (laughs) Well, one of the most disappointing things, and I may have told the story on the show, you know, because my town was extremely rural and extremely looked one certain way. Like Ray's only very, very poor, Mm. (laughs) poor. And, uh, you know, I got to Berea college first day I went into food service and it was almost as though there was segregation. And it was so disappointing to me because I expected to walk in and see a complete mixing of everybody. So I I think one of the things that, and it stuck with me even to this day, like I wish, and again, Ray's made the point, I think that it's, uh, you know, you stick with what you know, people that have similar backgrounds. It's not necessarily a racial, like you're not being racist by sticking with the people that you happen to already know, but it is disappointing that it didn't, it wasn't just some magical utopia of walking in and then every table is, you know, multiracial and mixed. So that was something that always sticks with me. Well, I know you asked me earlier if I'm a sports fan. I think that's one of the biggest tools of sports that actually that's one of the biggest thing that sports brings to the table is you can mix culturally with a bunch of different people absolutely you, know, you can take some kid who grew up in lily white alabama and has never interacted with black people before and now they're on a college team and majority of the people they're blocking for are black right and you know all of a sudden like oh wait a second this is interesting right um you know and like they get exposed to that culture and they start to you know integrate and and vice versa and they get all that um sports and the military sports and the military those are the two biggest melting pots that we have in our country and i'm gonna be honest like to be honest if i do a if i do a show for a sports team i can talk about a lot more than i can if i do a show for just a college town interesting same thing with the military i I, I love going to a military base i just very cherry point in north carolina it's a it's a mixed installment but mostly marines but like marines air force army everybody's there a bunch of retirees in the community they all came we had so much fun. That's very cool. And there was no, and I told him up front, I was like, look, if you were a political correct person tonight, you might as well get your check and leave. And they they applauded. Like the whole room applauded because they were like, yeah. And That's I'm like, all great. right, we're going to talk about some stuff then. And we had a blast. That's great. So much fun. And it's because they're in a place where like, look, we've seen some stuff. We've been out in the world. We've traveled. We have people here who don't look like us. We interact with different people every day. We know if you're not saying something that's actually hateful, Let's have fun. It's right. okay. It's right. not a big deal. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, we, uh, I, I think we yeah. lose that as just the everyday citizen in the United States now does not have that interaction no. well, with yeah. those well, relationships. Right. And I find myself really fighting it. And it's, you know, it's a rough thing, but like you do find yourself getting into this culture of being on guard 
for people saying shit. Sure and it's you like, do. and I really force myself. Like, sure look, ten years ago, I would not have been upset that I heard somebody say "do you down," you know. And for me, it's it's this ongoing thing of like, just calm the fuck down and stop. And it's again like you know it's wrong. You're I think not that's saying, exactly like, the point Joe made. That's yeah, where it's it, yes, it's, it's better, but it also at the same time with all of this heightened right, sensitivity right, to everything, right. it's and tough. we should all be aware of our heightened sensitivity. And that of course yeah. is not a left or right thing. There's right, yeah. certainly a lot of snowflakes on the right that you know right. everything offends them if it doesn't you right know, isn't fitting to them exactly. So Joe, I really wanted to hear uh, if you want to tell it. Um, speaking of race, the. Uh, the Pennsylvania story. <laughs> because I remember, I think yeah, it was it was on Facebook. And it was, on was, Facebook. It was yeah, we were doing a we were doing a whole highlight at Berea about uh, about race and culture, and I think you know the things that it. I think it was really to give some alumni and 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 students even like an inside look of like this is what it means to be a person of color in the United States. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of things that we interact with. And to be honest, I think white people also deal with a lot of this. You know, like if you're in a town in Appalachia and you're not from there. Right. And you walk around the store, that's people right. might keep an eye on you extra because they don't know you. Right. And I mean, that's the first thing you hear in Appalachia. Who are you here with? Who, who, right. Who's your people? Right. Right. And so, um, and I, I think that's, that doesn't, that goes across racial lines in some regions. Um, but yeah, I was traveling at the time I was running this game show, um, on college campuses and we would, we would do all these stupid games with the college students and I would tell jokes and everything. And then it, the winner would get in a cash cube. And grab oh, nice. a bunch of money and all. Nice. But as a part of that job, I had to drive this like really rapey looking <laughs> white panel van. Like, <laughs> no windows. No windows. <laughs> Free candy on the side. Like, no, I mean, but like, I mean, legit, like, part here's here was the, the game show. Like, there was a Hawaiian round. So you have to hula hoop. You'd have to do the limbo. We had lays that you would wear. Like, so, like, if you looked in the back of that van, like it's like there's like hula hoops, and then like there's there's a there's a baby round where you have or a, I think it's a baby round. You had to like chug out of a baby bottle and whoever finished first, and then like you had to unroll toilet paper and do like it was just a whole bunch of different stuff. And also three prostitutes tied. No, yeah, but no, like I mean, like so, but so you have all that, and then the cash machine is this big glass coffin basically that's strapped down, and so like that's in there covered up with this like suspect looking. Oh, that's funny. You know, furniture pad moving thing that you would you know it's all, all that's that's the van i'm in so already like it's uh, the journey around the country i think i did 40 42 states wow, wow. like i i was all like from from new hampshire and that area right. all the way down to like alabama mississippi all the way over to like that's colorado wild. and that's nevada I was like, yeah so i'm driving that van so I, I'm on my way home. I have my host brother from when I was in Uganda. He's with me and is now a student at the college here. And so, uh, you know, we're in the van together and we're driving around and we hit this ice in Pennsylvania. And it was crazy because we were coming from Boston. And in Boston, it snowed like feet. Right, right. But the but the roads were all clear. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, well so all the way there. home, where yeah. it was clear, basically. It was, you could see snow piled up, but it was clear. And then we get to Pennsylvania and the roads are crap. And you're like, how do they not do this? And so... <laughs> I'm driving, a semi kind of cuts me off, and I try to like get out of its way, and then I overcorrect and slide on that van, and we do like a 360 and go off the interstate. And I've always been taught by the police and that you know that I had my family and everybody else, when you have a problem, especially on the interstate, you call the state troopers sure. and say, hey, I, I'm going through this. And so, yeah, so I called Pennsylvania state troopers show up. Guy gets out of his car. He starts coming down the hill to where we are, and he's talking to me. I'm, you know, I got my window down, and I'm like, I, I, I'm getting out, and he's just talking. You know, hey man, how are things going? I'm like, you know, I've been better, and he's like, yeah, I understand, man. It's a little rough out th- out today. I'm sorry you're going through this. And then as soon as he looks up and sees me, he like takes me in and looks to the passenger seat and sees the other black fellow. You know, this guy's African. I don't, you know, that that's never saved anybody. It's not like not like you get pulled over by some racist and you're like, I am not a Negro. I am African. Uh, so like, so anyway, the, so the guy's like, um, all right, I'll be back. And he runs back up the hill. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, wait a minute. He's just at first, down. at first. I'm like, that's weird. And then I was like, maybe he forgot something, but then he stays in his car and he, he gets on his radio and all of a sudden there's four cop cars. Oh, show up, and yeah. I'm like, are you serious? Oh wow! And like my my host brother was like, "Is everything okay?" I'm like, "No." Mm. I'm like, "Grab you." I was like, "Grab your ID and make sure it's out of your wallet." Yeah. And I'm like, "He's." And so I'm trying to explain to this kid who's you know sure. thousands of miles from home, like this is how things are sometimes. Mm. I've I've rarely dealt with this, thank God. But like, 
I think I think we're gonna have a situation possibly. Interesting. So the guy comes down and they're talking to me and like so. Anyways, they the the, the other cops in the cop cars get out of their cars, but they never come down the hill. Mm. He ends up calling a tow truck. He runs all of our stuff. He runs my ID, the passenger's ID. He runs all the insurance, everything else. So then he comes back and the the tow truck comes finally hooks us up pulls us out of the ditch the tow truck driver tells me he goes i wish you would have called me specifically and if you ever have this problem in this area just call me and i was like well, why is that and he was like because they're going to actually charge you more than <laughs> than i would have charged you if i just came out on my own so they have an emergency fee so it's gonna be like 50 dollars more i'm like oh great wow. and then i'm like all right cool and the cop walks up to my window and he's like i, for- I forgot here are your ids and i'm like all right thank you and then he gives me a ticket Ah, that's insane. And I'm like, what is this? And he goes, this is a ticket for driving at an unsafe speed. And I'm like, I called you. Like, I'm like, what? right. I'm like, I'm like what, what speed? speed? I'm like, what speed was I going? He was like, well, you said you were driving this. I, I said, that's not. <laughs> I said, I'm, and I didn't, I didn't. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? I called you for help. And you're like, oh, well, you were driving at an unsafe speed, clearly. And that's what he said, clearly. I mean, because you went off the road. I'm like, bitch, there's ice all over the interstate. <laughs> That's horrible. That's not on me. That's on your road department. Yeah, and so, terrible, like, and it man. was just far. Like, that's one of it was one of those tickets where it was just enough money to where it pissed you off, but right. not enough for you to go back and fight it. Right? Because I'm like, ah, we. I really, on principle alone, I really wanted to fight, but I ended up. I actually submitted paperwork with their courthouse and everything else about the experience, but it was just like I'm like, this is ridiculous. So, you ever hear anything back from them? No, of course not. Never not. Of course not. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I'm, and again, I, I, I told you guys before, I, I've grown up with police and all of my local cops, you know, here in Berea, we got a great police department. They do wonderful. Yeah. In Georgetown growing up, they, they've always done great work and I've, I've never had any issues. And so I'm like, even when I'm on the road, I've had very few. But the ones who've had, like, I've worked, the, the three times that I can think of specifically where I've had an issue, all of those stick are the ones that stick out of my mind. When you oh, say cop, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And I think that's the issue yeah. is, you know, we talked earlier. You as an individual might be a terrible person. That doesn't mean all white people are sure. terrible. This cop in particular was an asshat. Right. And that's all. But and that's a microcosm of the, the fundamentally of how policing is. Right? right. It's 90 percent of cops are great. And then that 10 percent man, they stick out like a sore oh. thumb. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. the 90 percent usually shut up about the 10 percent. That's the problem. That, that, right. No, 100 percent. Yeah. You know, like if I got a buddy, who's a, if, yeah, if yeah. I got a buddy who's an asshole, like I'm like, hey, you're an asshole. You need to get it together. or I'm not going to kick it with you anymore. That's right. Yeah. You know, like and that's it. You know, it's, it's not always the same. And I, I don't know, uh, behind yeah. closed doors, I'm sure some of them have conversations, but I wish, you know, in, in public, they'd have a few more. Yeah. Uh, and that's it's right. not just police, but, you know, that's that's what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, but that, that that experience was absolutely horrible. So, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, what about him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was, uh, I think he put some things on the map. I think he stood up for something that, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah, Co- Colin Kaepernick, I think, from a political standpoint as far as like what he risked and the fact what that he, he risked stuck, and that he, he gave stuck, up he, even at this point yeah yeah and the fact yeah. that he stuck to it and was not going to give in and and took a stand on a national be, scale yeah, that's huge respected, yeah. um yeah i think that's huge i think that puts him in my opinion it puts him as you know a really big social justice like Mine too yeah. he's, he's he's maybe rosa parks ish quite not quite that no but, i think yeah. i think more than rosa parks oh really yeah. i would agree yeah. oh what, really what, what the hell did rosa do she sat on a bus yeah, okay and, and she wasn't even the first one she wasn't she is no she wasn't that's interviewed right the lady who was colleen yeah. yeah yeah so this this woman who the woman who was pregnant right she was pregnant she yes. sat down she got arrested a few months before rosa did and the naacp said she was not an attractive candidate to oh, lead the movement exactly. basically okay. because she, she was, was pregnant she was young. pregnant she was young she was oh, unmarried she was dark-skinned all that so yeah. they were like we got this light-skinned lady sitting in the office you know who looks like dorothy dandridge we can put her in right. glasses right. and stick her on the right. bus and now we'll have a movement and so yeah she was a figurehead i, I don't get me wrong rosa park still it took still took bravery to oh, do what she agree. did i still respect what she did but at the same time Colin so, Kaepernick risked way more than okay, Rosa Parks. Okay, yeah, no, I would have no yeah. argument. And yeah, I was just trying to up big up a, a big icon. Yeah, yeah and white him. America hates him for and it. A lot of people, a lot of people hate him. And what's yeah. crazy is he, I think he tried to minimize that by like actually talking to people in he the did. military and yeah. trying to be like, what's the most respectful way to do this? Right, exactly. I'm going to do it. Right. But I want to make sure you understand I'm not trying to respect you. Right, and because originally happened, he sat. He went from sitting to kneeling. Because right. kneeling is a genuflection in right. every culture. Exactly. And right. then what happened? All these white people went nuts. I, right. He hates the troops. And he hate, I'm like, he exactly. talked to the troops. He talked to the like, troops. Yeah, yeah, no, it had nothing I, to do with it, that. But so, you know, and I, I, I get yeah, some of crazy. the outrage because they feel like it's disrespecting our flag. 
but usually yeah. those are also the people who have a bandana made out of our flag or right, <laughs> exactly. right, right. There's been a lot of misappropriation. Yeah, of I'm the like, flag. you know, I, you, 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 you can't, you got, you got to do all, you gotta be all the way or don't be at all. Like, right. I, yeah. Joe, man, you got to come back. We've killed an hour, and <laughs> I, I feel quick. like we haven't scratched the surface. Yeah, I've like really enjoyed your company. I apologize yeah. for the terrible joke. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> when do I get Tris- my terrible Tris- joke? Tristan just it's been years bring, of this. You, you bring out the worst in me, man. Um, <laughs> but no, you're this a deep, is, deep anti-Semitic. Really, so. I, do you feel like we just scratch the surface? We talk oh, for another hour with Joe. Yeah, I've yeah like you've got questions. Nothing out. So you got to come back. All right, all right. Got to come back. Yeah, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, sitting at home, happy. Um, yeah, so, my, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be at home. I'm. Uh, we'll take a little time off the road and. Enjoy some just good family time. I got a six year old, so no, nice. know, it's, uh, it's, nice, it's fun. Nice. She needs, I think she needs some daddy time. You know, that's that's what's crazy is my my dad. He, you know, I don't think he was ready to be a dad, but being a dad's kind of easy. You just got to be around. You got to be around. You know, that's, like, right. that's, that's the hardest part that's is it. just are, are you available? That's like, really right. After that, like all most of the stuff falls on the mom. It, if you're a mom, it, it, yes. Hats off to you because you that's, don't get any thank yous. Everybody just overlooks what you do. If you're a dad, you just got to be there. You're 100 yeah. percent right. Jack. I always said there's, there's two things like. Show up and don't abuse them. Like yeah, that's, that's literally yeah. the only that's two it. rules. Yeah. That's really like, it. Everything yeah. else, like you're, right. and then you'll get like world's greatest dad I cards. Mean, like <laughs> I haven't been punched by dad. So yeah, it's very easy. I, I, I got a note this morning. You're my favorite. I love you. Have a great day, Mike. I'm like I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I'm sure you did a lot. Like I gave I gave her a tan and dimples. That's all I really and a, a place to live. That's about it. Like I everything else. My wife is the one who cooks most of the time. She's a great she's great at that. You know she helps her with her education. I'm just like yeah. Is she a Brea College alum? Your wife? My wife? Oh yeah yeah, yeah cool yeah, yeah. cool. That's where we met. So yeah that's uh, great. Yeah oh yeah yeah just just two broke kids. Yeah living on love. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> we, went to, we went to St. Louis. I was working a job where we got a free turkey for Thanksgiving. Nice. Yeah, and we ate that turkey for a month. <laughs> that's uh, that's and you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was bad. Best. So that's we don't we don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right, yeah, I guess we're gonna have to call it. Yeah, it's, it's a shame, true. but you come back, yep. come yeah, back. Let's do this go. again. It was a blast. Because we didn't really hear stories from the road, or no, I wanted know, to tell the Wallingford story. I wanted to get Joe a job with Kelly, and Kelly, like, and again, it was no disrespect to Joe. Like Kelly, just will not respond to stuff. Yeah, and so he said, "Well, fuck it, I'll go work in real radio in Lexington." So Joe, <laughs> let's just went got a real morning show job in Lexington. Very cool. And I, but I've so many times I've just wanted to kind of shake our owner a little bit and say, "Kelly, you've got this talent right here in town." Like, and he he wants to come here. Let's do something. And so, yeah, I, I lived two blocks from their station. Yeah. Did you? I lived. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Richmond, like literally. I lived. I was on Race Street at the time. Oh so like yeah, sure, sure. Two, like two yeah. blocks away, I could have walked to work. Instead, uh, I was waking up at four in the morning to drive up to Lexington. But, but yeah, in oh, that, that's oh, funny. So many stories from Wallingford. But yeah, we we do have to bring you back whenever you're free. That was a blast. It was a blast. And and yeah. your, your wife's got an upcoming surgery, so hopefully that all goes oh, yeah. smooth and, oh, yeah. and, uh, oh, and best you guys of luck. Get yeah. that easy. So. Cool. And you, I guess, you, you might have a little more daddy duties then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> might have to cook. Yeah, well, that, then we're all going to have daddy duties. <laughs> <laughs> Rib shot. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I got them daddy duties again. <laughs> this man does not understand hamburger helper. <laughs> that is not stroking off. <laughs> oh, sure. All right, Joe, thanks. Have a happy Thanksgiving, Joe. Great to meet you, man. Take care, guys.